You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Are you ready for God's word? Okay. Open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah and chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Lord, help me, Jesus. Isaiah chapter, well, we wanted to start with chapter 42. Let's go to 42 and verse 9 first. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 9. I don't have it on my notes, but if media can help me put, on, put it on the screen, I'll read that one from there. After we've read 42 and verse 9, then we'll go to 43 and read verse 18 and 19. As is a good custom in all house on the rock churches, let's rise up for the reading of God's word. Amen. I read in your hearing 42 and verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Woo! Glory to God. Chapter 43, verse 18 to 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Somebody say amen. amen. God says he's going to do a new thing. The preoccupation of many people today is with what Satan is doing in the world and everything that is going wrong in the world and the advancement of so many doctrines of devils. Um, we, we, we are convinced by everything we hear on the news and see around us that the devil is very much alive and well. It would seem as if the kingdom of the enemy is on the advance and in the ascendancy. And the question that some people ask is, where is God in all of this? Am I talking to anybody? Some people might even be as audacious as to say it would seem that God is dead or at least he's not interested in what ails us. But that devil is a liar. I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning that our God is very much alive and well. Somebody say amen. In fact, he's not just alive and watching us. He's living and active and doing new things in the earth today. God is on the move. Somebody shout hallelujah. In our pilot text, it said, shall you not know it? Meaning it is possible for God to be doing something new and for you not to know it simply because you are not alert, you are not aware, you are not looking out for what God is doing. Your focus is elsewhere instead of looking at God. Hallelujah. The simple subject of my meditation today is what God is doing or what God wants to do. Help me ask your neighbor, do you know what God wants to do? Do you know what God wants to do? Hallelujah. Lord, help me be your voice today. Speak through me like only you can. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let revelation flow freely in this house, unhindered by any demonic force or power. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. 
And the people said a loud amen. amen. And as you take your seat once again, say what God wants to do. What God wants to do. Hmm. The truth is that we need to be aware of the times and the days that we're living in. And when we look at everything that's happening in and around us, we can be quite disturbed by the seeming advance of the enemy. But uh, we need to change our focus and start to focus on what God wants to do and what God is doing in the earth. But even as we start to focus on what God wants to do and what God is doing, we must hold that in a delicate balance with not being ignorant of the devices of the enemy. So, life is really about finding right balances. For to be ignorant of the devices of the enemy or the activities of the enemy would be to be vulnerable for, to falling for these devices, these deceptions, and these activities. In the book of Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 2, it says that darkness will cover the land and gross darkness or deep darkness will cover the people. So he gives us a prophecy, a prediction about the future. In fact, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. He said, I want you to know this. I don't want you to doubt this. I don't want you to be ambivalent about this. I'm telling you the truth, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Hallelujah. And I, don't, I doubt that anybody would debate with me that we are living in such perilous times today, challenging times, unprecedented times. I stumbled on a new translation, well, relatively new translation of the Bible um, recently that I love so much as, as, as a support translation to use when studying. Hallelujah. Uh, so let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, once again, from verse 1 to verse 7, but in the Passion Translation. If you've never heard about the Passion Translation, it's a good one for you to go and find out about and get it into your repertoire for Bible study. I'm going to read to you what Paul was writing to Timothy in the Passion Translation from 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Listen to what it says. But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. Does that sound accurate? People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. Again, does that sound accurate? They will boast of great things as they strut around in arrogant, what? Pride. In arrogant pride. Mm, interesting. In arrogant pride. Hmm and mock all that is right. Now, that which is right is mocked, and that which is wrong is praised. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, cancel culture. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, beligerent haters of what is good and right. 
With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, be gutted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of loving God. They will pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away, away from people like this, for they are the ones who warm their ways into the hearts of vulnerable women, spending the night with those who are captured by their lust and steeped in sin. They are always learning, but never discover the revelation knowledge of truth. Is this not an accurate report of the days that we are living in? Can I get a witness? Does this not sound like this is a, a, a picture, a, a spiritual prophetic report that is right on the mark about what we are seeing in the world that we are living in today? This is the darkness of this present day and time. Yet we believe something contrary to this. Yet we hold truth that is opposed to the reality of what is going on in our world. Now, I read to you another scripture from the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, verse 7 to 9. Again, I'm reading to you in the Passion Translation. Now, this portion of scripture is the scripture that talks about um, for, for um, we, we, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the glory might be of God and not of us, and it goes on to say other things. But I'm reading to you in the, trans, the Passion Translation, and listen to how the the Passion's translation puts that portion of scripture. It says, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's and not ours, though we experience every kind of pressure. We experience every kind of pressure. We are not crushed. Cr crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Hallelujah. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. Hallelujah. Anybody feel like they've been knocked down lately? Well, even if you've been knocked down, you are not knocked out. You are coming back up. If you believe it, come and shout amen. amen. In the New King James translation, verse 8 and verse 9, says it this way that we've heard quoted so often. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, despair, despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. This is our current situation and contradiction. This is what we face. You see, we, we live in a world which is increasingly going in a different direction from what our faith and what our, uh, the scriptures dictate. And hence, we are becoming th those that are considered to be uh, uh, strangers. Am I talking to anybody? I, I have conversations with, with believers who say they are becoming more, more and more challenged even in the workplace because even the workplace is, is anti uh, their faith. Oh my goodness. It's almost like every other religion is accommodated and has a right uh, to, to, to believe whatever they believe. I've saved the Christian faith. The Christian faith is consistently and more and more being labeled as as, uh, somehow intolerant, somehow negative, somehow evil. So we are pressed on every side, yet we are not forsaken. Hallelujah. We might be knocked down, but we are not knocked out. We are 
caught in between heaven and earth. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places, but yet we walk in challenging times on the earth. Am I talking to anybody? Do you, can, can you identify with these feelings of contradiction that seeming, seemingly bog your life? Uh, you are saying one thing but experiencing another. This is the challenge of the days that we live in. Heaven within, but hell without. And this was predicted by the scripture. It talks about that darkness so gross that if we were not careful, we would be intimidated and cower in fear. Uh, let's look at the, the entire context of the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to verse 3. Uh, it says in verse 1, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, uh, darkness, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Uh, so God is saying here that it is at the very same time of darkness, uh, gross darkness, deep darkness, uh, is in this very same time of the seeming advance of the kingdom of darkness that God will arise over you and that his glory will be seen upon you. He says that it is very, it's right in the midst of the darkness that I need you to arise and to shine for your light has come. It might not seem obvious, but we speak it by the spirit of, of faith. God wants to show his glory and great light even in the midst of the darkness. Has anybody hear me what I'm saying? Therefore, when I see darkness, I no longer cower in fear or in panic because I realize that the darkness is simply a tip-off that God is about to show up. Somebody shout amen. In fact, I found out that the darkness is necessary because the darkness is a contrast for the light. For stars don't shine during the day. You can't appreciate their light because the light of the sun obscures the light of the stars. But it is in darkness that we can appreciate the light of the stars. That darkness that has been entering your life, your situation, your, your circumstance is simply a backdrop, a contrasting backdrop to show forth the glory of God in your life if you believe it, come and shout yes. So now I don't panic at the darkness, I rejoice because, because it only indicates the tip off that glory is about to show off. It's a, it's a setup for glory. God will get the glory at the end of the day. I don't know what it is you are going through right now, but God is going to get the glory. I don't know how deep it is right now, but God is going to get the glory. I don't know how challenging it is right now, but God is going to get the glory. So I start to pay attention or I shift my thoughts and I start to think, what does God want? What does God want to do at this time, in this place, with everything that is going on? The prophet in me looks at the times and cries out and says, God, God, give me light, give me insight. Hallelujah. And God brings my attention back to Genesis in chapter 1. And from verse 1 to verse 3, you know it. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in verse 2, it says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering 
went over the face of the waters and God said let there be light and there was light okay so this is powerful indeed and God started to talk to me about this because when we read the rest of Genesis in chapter 1 we find out the way God creates and we find out that whenever God creates something he creates it good and he inspects it and he concludes that this is good right but then we read between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1 that God created the heavens and the earth and verse 2 says it was that it was without form and void we know that that is not how God creates because how God creates is that whatever he creates is good it's fruitful it's rich so something happened between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1 Satan's sin and self entered and caused the earth to become without form and void do you understand what I'm saying I'm, I'm preaching at this pace because I'm trying to get to somewhere important so God says to me that what we read about creation in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 all the way down is not so much creation which we accurately call it but recreation because originally it wasn't so it was the entrance of Satan of self of sin that caused the earth to become without form and void so God comes back on the scene and recreates it the way it's meant to be and God has to speak to me and God says I am a God of reset somebody say reset he said I'm a God that's into resetting things in fact he says that the whole Bible is about reset even if you struggle with accepting my revelation and understanding that the original creation was a recreation uh, leave that alone it's not that consequential we do know that God now creates Adam and Eve placed him in the garden and everything is dandy and perfect right until they fall and when they fall everything starts to go south and God says or interpretation is the rest of the Bible is God trying to bring us back to the original intention to the way that he always wanted it to be so God is trying to reset us back to how he wants it to be in fact Jesus came to reset you Jesus came to reset me Jesus came to reset us to bring us back to where he wants us to be God says I'm a God of the reset I'm into resets and I started to think about it and as I see other resets of God he's into rejoicing he says rejoice and again I say rejoice and rejoicing he's into returning in returning and rest shall be your strength he's into renewal I will renew your strength like that of an eagle he's into refreshing days of refreshing are about to invade your life in the name of Jesus he's into recovery do you see the re once again he's the God of the re recovery you shall recover all that was taken away he's into restoring hallelujah the God of restoration everything that devil stole he's going to restore restore it and when God restores he does not restore like a man restores when a man restores he restores uh, where he thinks you should be when God restores he moves you far beyond anybody else's expectation can I prophesy that restoration is coming into somebody's life even in this season in the mighty name of Jesus God is able to restore what no man can restore so he says that the years time that the canker 
worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar has consumed, I will restore. You thought some people had gone so far ahead of you that you couldn't even see their, their tail lights anymore. My God is going to restore so quickly, they'll be looking at your tail lights. If you believe it, come and shout, yeah! is into the re's, the resets, reconciliation, replenishing, resurrection, repentance. All of these are resets. My God is the God of the reset. My God is into resets. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've already got you to see, even the beginning was a divine reset of God. Hallelujah. It was the first reset. It's a divine reset and God is still in the business of divine resets and God wants to bring a divine reset into your life shall you know it shall you receive it shall you believe it in the mighty name of Jesus God set up all the resets so we see in life even in nature we see opportunities of reset we see opportunities to start again oh come on I know I'm moving fast but stay with me resets are built into the very fabric of of life. Resets are essential for life. You went to bed last night, right? Um, I hope the majority of you, hallelujah, and you slept. Do you realize that your sleeping was for a reset? was so that your physiology could rest, could recharge, could requicken, so that you could wake up the next morning ready to go again. Are you with me? So even your, your, your night rest is an opportunity for a reset. In fact, I found out that resets are essential for life. Because if you don't have resets in life, you're going to fast come to an end. Oh, Jesus. You know how we call going on holiday, what do we call it? What's the word we call it? We call it what? We call it what? We call it recreation. 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 Why do we call it recreation? Because it recreates you. It refreshes you. It renews you. Is anybody hearing me? I know some of you have some holidays planned for this uh, um, summer season. Make sure you enjoy it. But once you're back, back, be back in church. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because I know some of you go on holiday, you come back, and two weeks you're back, and you still haven't come to church. What's going on with you? Hallelujah. Reset. Recreation. You know, sometimes, now my wife will talk about this a lot of time, if, if we travel, I'm, I'm typically the restless person, you know. I think I'm starting to change a little bit, but, you know, back in the day, you know, as I'm landing, I have, okay, where are we going? We have to visit this, we have to go there, you know. We haven't, we have hardly dropped the bags in the hotel room. I'm already saying, let's go down the street. We need to have an awareness of where we are. Let's go up and down and, and you know, all over the place. And she said, don't you want to rest? I said, no, even the scene, this place is a recreation for me. Hallelujah. It's refreshing me. I don't need to sleep. Just seeing the new buildings, seeing the, I'm getting, in, is anybody like me? Anybody like my wife want to sleep? <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Reset. Without resets, life will become clogged and slowly grind to a halt. Oh, yes. Reset. Every day is a reset. Every week is a reset. 
every month is a reset. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, we're in the middle of the year. Halfway mark, it's an opportunity for a reset. Every year is a reset. Every decade is a reset. Oh, yes. Genesis 8.22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, it shall not cease. This scripture is talking about resets. Ah, it's talking about, uh, more accurately, the opportunity for a reset. Because a reset is actually an opportunity. Every seed time is an opportunity for a reset. Every time we announce seed time, it's an opportunity for you to reset the clock. Hallelujah. But it's an opportunity, and just like any opportunity, you have to seize the opportunity. It's an opportunity to do something, but if you don't do what the opportunity presents, then you've missed out on the opportunity. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Uh, every change is an opportunity for a reset. Even the change in weather is an opportunity for a reset. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Day and night are opportunities to reset. Every day is an opportunity for a reset, but you need to learn to Seize every opportunity. Uh, reset will not necessarily be forced upon you. Uh, there are opportunities that you now have to seize. Uh, tell your neighbor, I'm going to seize it. I'm going to seize it. Uh, I'm not letting this window pass me by one more time. I'm going to seize my opportunity because an opportunity must be seized in the time of the opportunity because the window only opens for a certain time. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. And so, I start to come to the heart of what God really put in my heart to talk to you about today. God said, I need you to let my people know that I am alive and I am well. Let them know that I'm active and that I am moving. And I am doing things in the earth. Shall you not know it? Won't you be a part of it? Hosea chapter 6 and verse 1 and verse 2 says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn and he will heal us. He has stricken and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. Hallelujah. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. One of the resets that God is intent on seeing done in the earth is the reset of revival. Hallelujah. God is bringing in revival in the nations of the earth like never before. The winds and the waves and the flames of like a prophet. Tell my people, uh, I'm into revival. I'm intent on bringing revival into the nations of the earth. I don't know how many of you have been watching things that have been happening. There's a worship revival happening across the nations of the earth. A sound of revival has been released. Uh, and many are responding to that trumpet sound and gathering in their thousands to lift up the name of of Jesus. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? God spoke to me and said, you are meant to be a courier of revival. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. 
what is God doing in the earth? Uh, you know, like Esther, a lot of us thought that maybe your relocation to this country was uh, to just have a better life. But can I quickly announce to you that no, sir, that's not the real reason. God sent you here on a mission. You are meant to be a courier of revival. Uh, the flames of revival burning from Nigeria, burning from Ghana, burning from Africa as a continent. This is simply what God is doing at this point in time. And he's saying, I'm taking that same fire and I'm spreading it across the nations of the earth. It's what God is doing now. Are you going to be part of what is God is doing? Are you going to be a courier of revival? Now, what does a courier of revival do? Wherever he goes, he simply uh, drops the fire. Hallelujah. He sets other people ablaze uh, and he goes on to the next place that God wants him to go to. Uh, hallelujah. Stop being dampened by the darkness. Uh, be the light. Uh, be the courier of revival. Anybody like that? Under the sound of my voice, come on, shout, yeah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be an impediment to revival. I'm going to be a facilitator of revival. I'm going to be one of those that's making it happen in Jesus' mighty name. God said, I'm working a revival of faith uh, once again in the nations and amongst the people like never before. God said that people are out, starting to get, even in the body of Christ, getting, starting to get law to sleep. There was, there was becoming an ebb in believing God for supernatural believe in God for the miraculous. We are getting to that place where we say, well, it doesn't look that, all those miracles, they're just stories. They don't happen no more. But that devil is a liar. God said, no, 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 I can't allow that to happen. So there's a revival of faith. So he's waking up people like me and men and women of God all over the globe. I say, start preaching faith once again. Start telling them I'm alive. Start telling them I'm still performing miracles. Start telling them the supernatural is still real. Start telling them signs and wonders are not dead and gone because it is the preaching of the word that produces faith and it is faith that causes the manifestation of these things. So there's a revival of faith. I, so we, we can have all of our critics of particular significant persons that are at the front of this revival of faith, signs, wonders, miracles, and the supernatural. And maybe some of our criticism is accurate, but you've got to look beyond the criticism and realize that maybe God is still working behind the scenes. Maybe God still has an agenda why he is doing this. Because this is what I have learned. That we are very, we find it very hard to find the right balance on things. So sometimes, a lot of the time, we find ourselves tilting over too much to an, ex to an extreme. Now sometimes, for God to bring us back to where we are supposed to be, just like when you are walking a tightrope. Now if you are walking a tightrope and you start falling over to one side, what do you do? you compensate and you try to turn over to the other side. Now, if we were to take a snapshot of when you're trying to turn out over to the other side to compensate for overextending on this side, it would seem as if you are overextending on the other side. But you needed to overextend on the other side to correct what was happening on this side. So some of the overextension that you are seeing on one side is actually to correct what was going wrong on the other. Oh, God, what was going wrong on the other side. But ultimately is to bring us 
us to the balance. Hallelujah. We need to get to the balance where we, we don't give up on believing God for the supernatural miracle signs and wonders. And we don't also suspend our brains and no longer think and do what... You see, there are some miracles that will be unnecessary if you simply did what the Bible prescribed for you to do in the first place. If you live the way that you are meant to live, you wouldn't need that miracle. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? We've got to get the balance right. There's a revival of faith. Hallelujah. I'm believing God for the miraculous. I'm believing God for miracles. I'm believing God for blind eyes to see, for deaf ears to hear, for the lame to work. I'm believing God for diabetes to be eradicated and disappear. I'm believing God for blood pressure to be brought under control high blood pressure. I'm believing God. We've read the stories. We've had the experiences in the past. Oh, but now it is time for us to have the experiences even right now. Somebody shout amen. amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, God wants to raise you up and raise me up as persons of great faith. God wants to do so many great things in the earth even today. So what is limiting him? What is limiting him? In the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9a, the first part of that verse, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God is looking for those who believe him, those whose hearts are focused on him, that he might be able to show himself strong on their behalf. God wants to show himself strong on your behalf. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30, 30 says, So I sought for a man amongst them who would make up a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. May May this not be the story that he will not find anyone. May he find you, the man, the woman that is able to stand in the gap, that will believe him for the impossible. Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, Jesus goes back to his homeland and he says, now he could not, not that he would not, he could not do mighty work there except that he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief. So we see, therefore, that unbelief limited the move of God, limited the miraculous, limited signs and wonders. Uh, these are the things that limit God. God wants to do so much, but he's looking, he's looking for those that will believe him, that will become his channel, his access point to do what he wants to do on the earth, because he has given both the responsibility and the authority of the earth to man. And so even for him to intervene, in the affairs of man. He still needs man to agree with him. Will you agree with God and let God work in you and walk through you? Hallelujah. We say we are waiting on God, but what if the reverse is the case and it is actually God that is waiting on us? Waiting on us to believe. Waiting on us to do what we need to do to position ourselves appropriately for him to move. We ask, where is the God of Elijah? What if it is God that is asking where are the Elijahs of God. God wants to use you. 
what God wants. God wants to use you. God is looking for you. God is looking for you. God, is, God, God wants to do great things in your life and through your life. As I start to bring my thoughts to a close, I go back to our pilot text and I tell you that God wants to do a new thing. God wants to show. God wants to do a new thing. Shall you not know it? Hallelujah. He wants to make a way in the wilderness. Hallelujah. Uh, wilderness. A wilderness. There's no road. There's no direction. Everything seems to be the same. God says, I want to make a way in the wilderness. I want to give you a course and navigate you to the destination that I want to get you to. Hallelujah. I want to make a way in the wilderness. He says, I want to make rivers to flow even in the desert. Supply. Hallelujah. Even in the desert. We're hearing about a casting down. We decree and declare there shall be a lifting up in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. He's going to make a way for us where there seems to be no way, but you've got to believe him. God wants to do something new, even in this house, in the midst of our worship. God wants to move. God wants to heal. God wants to deliver. Will you believe him for it? You cannot keep on focusing on the impossibilities of the past. You need to focus on the possibilities of the future in God. God wants to do something new in your life. Hallelujah. New wine. Hallelujah. He always keeps uh, the best wine till last. Uh, at the wedding in Cana, they served the best wine as they thought was the best wine till they ran out. Uh, Jesus turned water into wine when it got to the master of the ceremony, the chairman of the occasion. Uh, he concluded that this, you, this wine is better than what we drank earlier. earlier. Most people uh, give the best wine first. Uh, and when people are well drunk and have lost their means of discernment. They start serving the poor wine so nobody can tell the difference. But you kept the best wine till last. Uh, nobody does this. Well, my God does this. Uh, he always keeps uh, the best wine till last. <laughs> uh, that, therefore, your best days are never behind you, believer. Your best days are before you. Uh, God has no old wine. Thank God for the old wine. Uh, but keep your faith alert and open and hungry for the new wine he's about to drop. Somebody shout amen. I'm believing God. Miracles, 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 signs, testimonies will overflow in the mighty name of Jesus. New dreams, new vision, hallelujah. Renewal all around us. God wants to use you like never before. It's time for your reset. My God is going to reset situations and circumstances to favor your righteous cause. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. It didn't work before. You failed before, but now by the reset of God, uh, we're starting again. <laughs> the opportunity is coming around again. The door is opening again. They are about to call upon you again. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, come on. Uh, get ready to seize the moment uh, because it's coming around again. Hallelujah. Stop crying over the past. The past is past. Uh, you can't go back there. Get ready to seize the opportunity of the reset uh, presented coming your way. Even in this season, somebody shout, Amen. Amen! Hallelujah. Father, I give you the glory. I give you the praise. This is what you want to do and so much more. It's your time for a divine reset. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. When you have a divine reset, things are not going to be as hard as they used to be. Because what you didn't realize is that without a reset, your systems, your operating system have become, become clogged and therefore slow and lethargic. But when God works a divine reset in your life, now things flow. Boom. Almost before you are finished asking, the answer appears. Woo! So shall it be in the name of Jesus. I prophesy for somebody even today, you've been crying to God about something. You've been crying to God about something. You've been crying to God about something. In this week, in this week, in this week, in this week, may my God show up. May my God show up for you in the name of Jesus. My God is looking for men and women of faith, and I've taught you severally that often the highest expression of faith is praise and thanksgiving. Uh, this is mid-year thanksgiving. This is mid-year praise session. Uh, and somebody might say, oh, what, what am I praising God for? I've got more bills than money. Uh, I've got this issue, that issue, and the other issue. Uh, but the just shall live by faith. Uh, I don't wait for something to happen before I praise God. Uh, I praise God in, in advance because His credit is good with me. I praise God in advance because I know my praise is what actually provokes the performance. Hallelujah. Is there anybody ready to praise God like never before under the sound of my voice? He inhabits the praises of his people. When you praise God, he comes down and inhabits the praise. And God can inhabit a place where there are problems and issues and the problems and the issues remain. Hallelujah. Somebody praise God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Father, we give you the glory. Father, we give you the praise. Father, we give you the honor. Father, we give you the worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A people of praise, a people of praise, a people of thanksgiving. As we praise God with reckless abandon, things will start to happen. Things will start to shift in your favor in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. As you seize this opportunity, <laughs> as you seize this divine reset, you're going to see testimonies following in the name of Jesus. There are already testimonies in the house. Uh, people keep on calling, oh, this happened, that happened. Oh, um, what we prayed about has been done now. Uh, always don't hide your testimony. Always come back to testify. You know how some people do? They, they, they are loud when they have the problem, you know? They know how to make the call when they have the problem. They know how to send the request when they have the problem. Then the problem is solved and there's radio silence. That devil is a liar. <laughs> that devil is a liar. That devil is a liar. You need to be louder when it's done. Did you hear me what I'm saying? You need to be louder when it's done. Hallelujah. Because your faith, your testimony is a trigger for somebody else's faith. Your testimony is a trigger for somebody else's faith. Father, we bless you. Father, we give you the glory. Father, we give you the praise. Whew. What God wants to do, he wants to do the glorious, the wonderful, the mind-blowing in your life. He's waiting on you to believe him. He's waiting on you to align and position yourself appropriately and he will show up. Thank you, Lord. Our God is the God of the re, the God of the reset. 
He's our God of restoration. Hallelujah. Satan's self-sin put us in the situation and circumstance and the world that we live in. But our God still has wonderful plans to reset you, to reset me, and to reset things in our favor. Hallelujah. Ooh, if you're out there and you have not yet reset your life by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, this is your opportunity. This is your moment. Hallelujah. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. Whether you're online or you're in here in person, Please repeat these words of prayer after me if you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart and I have made this confession with my mouth therefore by faith i am a new creation i am born again hallelujah glory to god amen and amen if you pray that prayer wherever you are online or in person want to help you to grow from being a child of god to become a mature son of god so please um, direct message us, contact us, email us, go to the website, follow the pathway that is there, direct message us on any of our social media platforms, and we will get with you to help you to grow in the Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.